Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. People will never suffer if there is nothing to gain. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Hey, we're going to pick up on what we talked about in our last podcast from 2 Timothy 2.2, what I called show and tell the things you have seen from me in the presence of many witnesses. These commit or entrust to other people also. Now notice in that passage, he uses the word, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Now, we know Timothy was with Paul and knew of Paul in a very personal way. So things is kind of broad here. But you know, if you go back to the chapter before that, I think there's some real insight into some of those things. And so I just want to review like what were those things that the Apostle Paul demonstrated, that Timothy saw with his own eyes, that really made a large impact to him? And uh, I'm going to start in verse 8. I'm in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, and the eighth verse. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering of for the gospel according to the power of God. So I think what Timothy saw in Paul was that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. He was not ashamed of the gospel, and he believed the gospel could work for anybody. That the gospel, according to Romans 1.16, is the power of God unto salvation. So not only was Paul not ashamed of his message, Paul was not ashamed to share that message maybe even in hostile circumstances, and Timothy saw that. He was on Paul's belt. He was beside him when he saw his faith being demonstrated. And so one of the things we've got to do as leaders is we've got to live a shameless life that inspires others to do the same thing where we're not ashamed of the gospel. And he says here, of the gospel and of our Lord, and of me, his prisoner. And notice how he lumps them all together. And he ties the preaching of the gospel back to the fact that the Lord himself was rejected and persecuted by people. This is important to understand. Uh, and then as you read down here, he, he says some very strong things. I just want to read this to you who has saved us and called us, this is the next verse, verse 9, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Now, to me, this is the log on the fire. What stirred the Apostle Paul to suffer for the gospel, to be separated from all his social leaders to be attacked by, you know, the Jewish culture because he believed that not only he, but has saved us with the holy calling. You know, one of the things that I tried to impart as the founding pastor of what is now Bridge City Church was that there were no stepchildren in the kingdom of God, that the same God and Father that saved me and radically changed my life was the same God that saved them. 
The same grace that I needed to live a daily life was the same grace that not only they needed, but was available to us and that we all had a holy calling. Now, our callings might be different, okay, but our, we are all called. And I think as we're discipling people, we've got to make sure that we're not saying that if you're called, you're going to be a fivefold ministry. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a church planter. You're going to be in prophetic ministry, you know. I mean, those are all great things. Obviously, I believe in them. But, you know, you might be called to be an engineer. Uh, you, you you might be called to be a police officer. You, you might be called to be the president of your school board. Uh, you might be called to start a business. Uh, there's lots of things you can be called to do, okay? And I think we were somewhat successful in imparting that to people, in bringing the kingdom to wherever they at, that you didn't have to be a preacher to be called. And there was a burning fire in them to accomplish this. He saved us. He called us with a holy calling. You have a holy calling. And you know, uh, we never apologize for calling people up to that. We never apologize for that. I used to say to people all the time, look, if you want me to apologize for having more vision for your life than you do, I'm not going to apologize. That's your problem, okay? So the vision was always very clear that God wanted them to be a disciple and God wanted them to be a disciple maker, but it was because they were called with the holy calling that the same salvation that set them apart for eternity was the salvation that they got to share with other people, the same salvation that you know, I was leading the church with was the same salvation that they received. Now, our gifts may have been different, our callings may have been different, but our circumstances did not limit the power of God from working in our life. And this was granted from all eternity. Hallelujah. This is really important. Now, if you drop down to verse 12, it says this, for this reason, I think that's the reason he just talked about. I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. There it comes again. For I know whom I believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him against that day. Now, here is where the Apostle Paul connects the suffering dot, okay? He said, I'm not afraid to suffer because of what I'm gaining. People will never suffer if there's not a gain, Okay, we're not going to suffer for nothing. We're not going to be beat up for nothing. We're not going to be ridiculed for nothing. We're not going to be ostracized, put down, thrown in jail for nothing. What people that suffer understand that they embrace something that is not embraced by the world, but is embraced by God, and that the trade-off to them is more than fair. They they get the payday. They're suffering for doing something is right, but they're getting a payday. And the problem why other people can't do that is they don't see the value of that payday. Okay? Do, do you understand that? If you don't have that, you will not be able to suffer. If you don't have that, you will not be able to endure hardship. You know, I, I talked about 2 Timothy 2.2 last week. Well, the next verse, verse 3 says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. 
You know, if you don't have a revelation, if you don't have an understanding that what you're suffering for is more valuable in what you're gaining than what you're giving up, then you're going to be a person that never suffers. You're going to be a person that will not endure hardship. You will be a person that will not be willing to to throw yourself into something with the risk of loss because you don't understand what is to be gained. The Apostle Paul here was so clear. He understood what was to be gained, that there were lives to be gained. There was eternity to be gained. And to the degree that we have an understanding of that, a revelation of that, that is the degree that we can suffer. This is why Christian martyrs for thousands of years have given their life because God had done such a great work in their heart that they realized that what they were giving up was nothing in comparison to what they were gaining. Suffering is not just enduring. Suffering is not just doing without. Suffering is not just taking a beating. It's an understanding that I am giving something of myself that others might even gain more. Hallelujah. That is so rich. That is so powerful that we've got to understand that. He said, for this reason, I suffer these things. Listen. The suffering in the Bible is not about our circumstances. I suffered because I got laid off from my job. That's suffering, but that's not the suffering of the Bible, okay? The suffering of the Bible is that for the gospel's sake, oh, I lost my job because I testified for Christ. That, now, that would be suffering, okay? I was turned down for promotion because they knew that I would act in a godly way and that might uh, cause some people to be uncomfortable or cause corruption to be revealed or something. That would be suffering, okay? Uh, It's not that God doesn't have compassion and mercy for our life circumstances, but the suffering of the scripture here is talking about a trade-off, an understanding that I have the privilege of giving something up so that other people may gain something. That's how you've got to look at ministry. You have to look at it as a privilege. Privilege in serving God. Privilege in serving people. Privilege in serving even an unappreciative world. That's, I think, what the Apostle Paul was imparting here. I think that's part of the things he was telling Timothy, reminding him of what he saw. Hey, there's some good thinking here. I'd encourage you to read 2 Timothy 1. I encourage you last week to read 2 Timothy 2 2. I'd encourage you to read 2 Timothy 2 1. We're going to hit this again. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. As a leader, don't apologize for calling people up to their holy calling. God wants us to be a disciple and be a disciple maker because we all are called with a holy calling. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. 
If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at NRPastors. See you next week.